Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Batman podcast with your hosts, Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 10, Prophecy of Doom and Feet of Clay. Hi, friends. Week 10, and uh, we got some exciting bat things happening here. Yeah. Like another, another uh, maybe not first-tier villain, but one of the one of the big ones, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody's favorite Nostromos. Is he from the comics? No. I meant to ask you that. No, okay. Because I know they invented some guys just for the show, but then mm. sometimes... There are, as you well know, guys mm. who appeared in like one issue in the seventies or something, and someone's like, "Yeah, I could, I could, I could write twenty-two minutes of this." No, I, I, I was watching it, and I'm just like, "Is this guy based on the Mad Monk?" And then I checked, and they look completely different. Ah, they no, look his... and spell their names completely differently. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, his his model looks a lot like what uh, uh, Rachel Ghoul will look like later, yes. and also a bit like what. Um, uh, Vandal Savage will look like in uh, Justice League, but, mm-hmm. but but he's his own guy. Also, uh, we will get to this when we get to it, but I I stand by Rachel Ghoul. I understand that's not how you're supposed to say it, mm-hmm. but that is how this show says that character's name. So in this in this universe, that's how it's pronounced. Sure. I don't know if I'm going to be able to. I've been calling him Roz for fucking years. No, because like 10 years ago or something, someone... I, who said whatever language is based on maybe Arabic said like uh, no if if your name is spelled like that it would be pronounced Roz you've been saying it wrong and I believe that was recent that was just uh, deceased Denny O'Neill creator of Raj Agul ah yeah. and and then uh, everyone else said oh whoops sorry we will fix it going forward but mm-hmm. <laughs> we already made years of like it wasn't like Bruce Tim and those guys were like oh well fuck you no it's, it's yeah. Raish this is like whoops okay sorry. Only ever seen um, it written down. Yeah. But, you know, the show calls them that. So Mm. that's just how I'm going to interpret that. But we'll we'll get there. First, though, we must talk about Prophecy of Doom. Doom. Our story begins at sea, where some kind of luxury yatched, which is, of course, spelled Throat Wobbler Mangrove, is hosting all manner of high rollers and other such people who can not only afford extravagant sea travel, but also the privilege of throwing their money away on clearly rigged games of chance. I guess we're supposed to feel bad when the ship explodes and sinks, but look, this ain't the Titanic. There are no lower decks. So you'll forgive me if I don't feel terribly bad about it going down. Oh, I, I guess there were the poor bastards who worked on the thing, but surely they managed to find a lifeboat, right? It turns out this catastrophe at sea, or as Matt would almost certainly call it, a catastrophe, was you. was predicted by none other than the great Nostromos, a definitely for real mystic prophet type whose advice guides the fabulously wealthy. I mean, you have to believe him. His name is almost Nostradamus, and that guy was right about some things. <laughs> Yeah, okay, settle down, rich un- Uncle Pennybags. His name is also one character away from the ship in Alien, and I don't see any of you boarding him for a deep sea mining ex- or deep space mining expedition. <laughs> and yet, all of Gotham's elite completely buy into this bullshit. Christ, people. To paraphrase the title of an upcoming episode, if you're so rich, why aren't you smart? <laughs> really proud of that one. Uh-huh. Uh, Bruce Wayne, for his part, is not taken in by any of this, but it also takes him a really long time to put together that Nostromos is causing the very disasters he's predicting. His rich friend's daughter, Lisa, seems to have put this together way before you, and she never claimed to be the world's greatest detective. Unfortunately, this leads to snooping. She is a woman, and this is a cartoon after all, which then leads to her being captured and strapped to a death trap. See my previous. Said death trap is in the Gotham Planetarium, and I am once again reminded that even though I haven't seen South Park in probably 10 years, and that specific episode in maybe 20, the word planetarium is still ruined forever. Thanks, South Park. South Park. <laughs> also ruined, incidentally, are Nostromo's plans, which Batman foils through punching. Hooray, the 1%, and more importantly, their money is saved. Let's um let's just roll yeah. right into this. I figured we would just transition smoothly into your bad thing. My bad thing. Um I find it very difficult to hate Nostromo, especially right now. Yeah. A guy who is just trying his level best to rip off rich idiots who are terrified that poor people will take their money away from them. 
And that is what tipped it for me Mm -hmm. is there is a sequence where he's showing like worst case scenario reenactment videos of like looters and shit. And like that's where it was like, okay, I can almost feel bad, but now I do not. Fuck you. Like because it's one thing to like to cheat gullible people. That's mm -hmm. not good. And they just happen to be rich in this case because you have something to gain from that. But now like turning their sympathies against the poor at the same time yeah you oh no oh no if if i don't believe nostromos that gentleman in the striped t-shirt is going to steal my television the the striped t-shirt the uh bandit mask Mm -hmm. the flat cap yep you know typical yeah he might be carrying a crowbar he had to put down his uh his uh board with a nail through it but uh it it might also be a crowbar Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sometimes i've seen the crowbar or like the um the blackjack sure he has a he has a range of weapons. Uh, listen, all listen, all of these uh, these so called burglars, you know, mm-hmm. you can make up however you want, but they're all basically just beagle boys. I mean, that's true. <laughs> but uh, the thing is, I interpreted this as one of the many many stories being written in the I would say from the mid eighties to maybe even to the mid nineties mm-hmm. about televangelists and that whole thing. Sure about people claiming that they have direct access to God or in this case, mystic forces or whatever mm-hmm. and making people give them money to make them feel safe or whatever. And it uh-huh. just felt like a, yet another. And on that front, I didn't like him. Like I thought he was a decent villain because uh, he, you know, he's preying on people's belief and mm-hmm. taking advantage of it. But, but yeah, then the rich thing came in. It's like, eh, fuck, who yeah, cares? I don't care about that. There's only one good rich person, and it's Batman. Mm-hmm. And even that's questionable. Mm-hmm. This version of Batman, pretty good. But yeah, this is a good version of Batman. Even even then, he will he will take that slide in on that slippery slope into fascism. That does happen. Next episode. Well, there's that. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking more long term. When we see him in the future, he's doing a lot less charity and a lot more hoarding things in his mansion i need i I need all this money for crime fighting you're not crime fighting anymore until terry mcginnis shows up you're just sitting here okay but what if i built a robot for crime fighting (laughs) well now you're just harley quinn batman (laughs) go get him robot batman i am robot batman also a very good batman i am the zeta project (laughs) (laughs) bring him back that fan favorite i guess everybody loves the zeta project I completely forgot about it, but several people brought it up. Who will teach me how to love now? <laughs> um. So, okay, while we're talking about Nostromos and if, mm-hmm. if we like him or don't like him. So, this is my bad thing. Yeah. This is a hard needle to thread because it sounds like I'm looking for something to be offended by and I'm not. Mm-hmm. But his the voice that he does yeah. is vaguely racist it sounds like he's trying to sound a bit sort of mysterious east like he puts a spin on some of his words so it sounds a bit indian or pakistani or some Mm -hmm. somewhere in like that region and my take is i think the voice actor thought okay this is a con artist who's a white guy we said his real name it's like doug jones or something (laughs) it's not actually doug jones i just named an actual guy you know Mm -hmm. what i mean yeah um, but uh, that this white guy, by way of fooling rich people, pretends to be from the mysterious East. Mm-hmm. That might be how he's playing it. But to me, it comes off a little bit just, oh, don't don't do that. See, my assumption was that it's supposed to be racist because he's playing a racist caricature. Yes, that's what I'm saying. OK, that that was my take as well. But that doesn't make it OK. Also, again, maybe I'm wrong. It was it was real like it, it wasn't overt, mm-hmm. but eh, I don't know, man. Just like the actor is British. Maybe just go British. Yeah. Americans will believe that a British person knows more than them. Trust me. Yeah. You just I mean, roll that a... accent. Out. Oh, that guy sounds well educated and mm-hmm. he knows about Jupiter. <laughs> uh, so the actually, stars but... are in alignment once again. That actually kind of brings me to my good thing. Going so, full Orpheus. And this is a... Yeah, you're definitely turning him into Byron Orpheus there. <laughs> the stars! 
gotta have that music sting like you you can dun, do the dun. voice but yeah it's not the same without the music mr venture um, <laughs> dr venture <laughs> um so my good thing is a definitely praising with faint damnation thing mm-hmm. yeah it is an amazing concept it is an amazing like uh i, I imagine it was amazing in the storyboarding uh stage but it was animated very poorly. The third act fight scene. I in, mean, in in the planetarium. Yeah, the, it should be great. Like she's tied to one of the planets and rotating in this giant like model of the solar system. Uh-huh. And there's gears, and the the planets themselves are made out of like hard ceramic or something. That they mm-hmm. smash through, and like it's really it's supposed to be like dynamic where. He punches a guy all the way to the other planet and then yep. leaps across. The, and it's it's really cool. And it's animated once again by Acom, mm-hmm. the worst animation studio that ever lived. <laughs> they have so many crimes to answer for. In this, <clears throat> this could have been so cool. Look what you ruined. This could have been amazing. Batman just jumped from one planet to another planet to punch that guy in the face. He's going to be telling the Justice League for years that he punched a guy to Saturn and they're all going to believe him. Well, they're all kind of scared of him, so. Well, that's true. And Superman just wants to impress him, just wants to be his friend. Batman's I love so... their dynamics so much. I don't want to talk to Batman. He's so mean. <laughs> oh, he's, he's he'll be my friend. One day he'll be my friend. Look, look, mm-hmm. I smashed a door down like you. Huh? <laughs> huh? It's just yeah, every that's... time I talk to him, he tells me about how crime rates in Central City are peaking, even though I could be <laughs> using my speed powers to run everywhere and stop all crime. And it just... Man, I'm trying to eat lunch. You know how many calories I have to consume to run this fast? It's a I have lot. To eat all the time. How's it going? I'm the Flash, by the way. Yeah, I, I pieced that together from context clues, but thank you. <laughs> we, I am a better detective than Batman. The red suit tipped me off. Uh huh. Really comes across through the audio, oddly mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. Um. So, what was your good thing? Um, I really like uh, Lisa, Bruce's rich old man's friend's daughter. Who does not <laughs> who uh-huh. does not buy into Nostromo's bullshit for a second and then breaks into his building to prove that he's fake. No, she's great in that in that classic sense of like I I immediately thought Lisa Simpson, mm-hmm. but you know, that classic sense of usually uh, a woman character who's not putting up with the men's bullshit mm-hmm. and like, hey, come on, stop it. Just like standing in a crowd of people, don't you get it? This is yeah. all bullshit. And I I laughed because you said his Bruce's rich old man's friend's daughter, and it sounds like <laughs> such a tenuous connection, but it's it's not it doesn't come across like that in the episode at all. What does that make us? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Is that a spaceballs reference? Yep. Wow. All right. Uh and she was played by this is our um Hey, it's that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh Heather Locklear. Yeah. Which was kind of interesting. At this that was point, a surprise. I think she was only known for, like, the fall guy, maybe? Maybe uh-huh. she did something else at this point. I'm not sure. Melrose Place hadn't happened yet. Um, not the best voice actor. She has a distinctive voice, but she's not... I don't know. There were a couple of times she didn't sell it for me. Yeah. She's but, fine. Yeah, I mean, she's not bad. Again, I love that Andrea Romano thing where she casts people with unique voices mm. instead of, like, here's Tress McNeil again. Mm-hmm. Here's, like... I'm trying to think of a second female voice actor who was kicking around at that time it might just have been her <laughs> like who's the lady equivalent of frank welker or you know um phil lamar or, i mean you know, one of those guys yeah all i can think of is tress mcneil yeah but you know she sounds like tress mm-hmm. Thress. Thress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also um the guy who who played uh her dad mm-hmm. um william windham windham that's mm-hmm. tough Wyndham Earl, um, who played many, many things. He was one of those character actors who was in every TV show for, like, 20 years. But mm-hmm. uh, most famously known by us uh, in the classic Star Trek episode, The Doomsday Machine, as the guest star of the week, Matt Decker. So good. Who, you know, sort of the uh, quintessential Star Trek captain who's gone crazy with obsession. Yep. Kind of the template that all the subsequent many, many episodes <laughs> like that were based on. Playing around with his disc drive again. Mm-hmm. Just uh, went full Moby Dick, and mm-hmm. they liked the idea so much that everyone else did it after they that. They did it a thousand more times. Uh-huh. Okay, but what if a starship captain had to fight a space whale? 
Yeah, you know what? That is a brilliant idea that no one's ever touched on eight million times. I mean, this guy here literally had a cannon for a chest, but whatever, mm-hmm. man. It's the well, only line cannon. I know from that book. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he he plays like uh, the, the dad, and I think he does a good job here. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's nice to see people like that pop up. It's like a weird, dithering rich guy who's just... They told me that they told me the cruise ship was going to sink, and it did. And no one thought to ask. Maybe he had like premeditated knowledge of a mm. crime. Nope. The cops didn't come question him by because he knew about a disaster before it happened. That's you know, feels like a red flag. It feels like maybe go at least send like Montoya or somebody. Now it turns out Commissioner Gordon is super into astrology. Mm-hmm. Okay. Actually, Barbara is, and he just feels you know, like he needs to support her. Uh, yeah, whatever you say, Barbara. I mean, it's a phase. She'll she'll grow out of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. This, the... these, these old rich idiots won't. But Saturn is in alignment with Mars and whatever. Mm-hmm. J- just to be clear, we think all of that is bullshit. <laughs> yes, very much so. There Listen, may be listeners Clayface who is going to get invented next week. I've got to go be friends with his hand. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very good gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. It, it, I think this is like the eighth week in a row that I have done my homework for this show and then watched Harley Quinn. And it, every week it's like, ah, that's got to be that's got to be so weird just because they're so close and so different. Yeah. And there's a lot of the same characters. Mm-hmm. Like they have a clay face. And- mm mm-hmm. Sometimes Batman shows up, and as we just said, their their Jim Gordon is a very good take on that character. Like, yep, it's it's dizzying sometimes. When we were doing the Two Face origin, I I then immediately watched the uh, an episode that focused strongly on Andy Daly as as Two Face. Yep, very different, <laughs> very different. I thought this would be a two goon job. <laughs> That's on me. <laughs> Show's very good. Yeah. It's pretty good. I I liked it strong. I liked it better in the first season, and I'm not mm. saying it's it's gotten less good. I think they're just focusing on some stuff I'm not into. But sure. it, you know, it's, you know, ups and downs. Um, let's see what else. Uh, uh, Nostromos is after gold bullion, gold ore. <laughs> I I'm surprised he wasn't trying to get his money in bearer bonds. Uh huh. There was there was a bit where, so, the old guy believes him. And he's about to sign over all his gold bullion, I guess, to, yep. to this guy. Not just and his, he says, everyone's gold bullion. Well, yes. And he says, hurry up and sign. I've got your daughter captive. And he's like, I was going to sign anyway. Yeah, man. Like, th- this is the thing that really p- bugged me about the episode is, like, you could have just strung these idiots. Like, assuming Batman yeah. wasn't investigating. You could have yeah. strung these idiots on for years. Yeah, you, or you could. This is the this is the 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 long like the the culmination of the long con. Now you've got the money. There's an old expression: take the money and run. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> but I'll take I'll take the money and be raised into the air on a fishing line. I hope no one sees this obvious like metal eye on the back of my suit that ho- that connects to that hook. It's for contacting the spirits. Oh, well it must be for contacting the spirits, yeah. I guess. I don't know enough about astrology to dispute this. Mhm. Must be true cuz planets. Uh-huh. Yeah, the planets. They're okay. in alignment, Al. <laughs> Is that the only thing you know? Yeah. I know what that about- and every lyric to Age of Aquarius. There's also a. You could also say that there's a bad moon rising. Oh, I guess uh, he does say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. And the uh, wiki we've been looking at says it's a reference to the Credence song. And like, you know, that was an expression before yeah. that song, right? Like, maybe it is. But if he had followed it up with "I see trouble on the way," then maybe it would be a reference to the song. Mm-hmm. I see hurricanes and lightning. <laughs> Don't go out tonight. The order of the triad. <laughs> Bound to take your life. <clears throat> There's a bad moon on the rise. Yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. I got it. We got it covered. <laughs> um, That's really all I got on this one, though. Like, it's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I don't Not have terrible. a whole lot. Um, There's a shot of uh, when Rich Uncle Pennybags pulls up to Nostromo's house, I guess. 
he has a pair of uh, stone lions out front, one of which looks like Cat Vladislav from what we do in the shadows. Oh, nice. Wait, who's that? The Jermaine uh, 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 Clement when he's in cat form. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. So he doesn't quite get the face right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's like, is that who plays Nadja? No. <laughs> in a movie, what we do in the shadows. Ah, of course. You know, you, you need to emphasize a different word or something. Mm. I don't. What we do in the shadows. What we do in the shadows. What ah, we do the in the shadows. <laughs> the shadow knows. <laughs> Get out of here, world, Shadow. You were here last week. Yeah. In this world, it's what we do in the Grey Ghost. <laughs> I'll go right. wait outside. <laughs> Anything else? I think that's everything. Very well. Uh, well, my kids love Batman moment is also my quote. Mm-hmm. So here we go. <clears throat> you know me, Bruce. Staid banker, old conservative stock. I'm the last person to act impulsively, but I'm telling you, this fellow is a revelation. Just uh, people talking about conservative stocks. Because kids know what that is. Oh, yeah. There's a part where they talk about insider trading, too. Oh, no, that's the next one. It's, okay. Oh, that's it's, right. Yeah. In fact, mm. that that takes us nicely, too. And unfortunately, once again, we got a two-parter split up between two episodes, but that's how it usually breaks down for that's us. So Batman really rolls. Get used to it. It's just a, it's a weird, odd number. It's also the last episode of this series we do is only going to have one episode instead of two because there's... An odd number, which is mm. annoying. It is annoying. So be a real short one about, I think it's Judgment Day. But anyway, why don't you tell us about feet? And that's F-E-A-T. It's a mm. pun, you see. Yes. Feet it's of delicious play. play on words. Part one. So Lucius Fox arrives at an abandoned bu- building with a briefcase full of incriminating evidence, only to meet it with his contact. Bruce Wayne? But that's impossible. Bruce Wayne died 20 years ago this very night. And also, he's Batman. Lucius is here to pass off information to Bruce to keep it out of the hands of Roland Daggett, a Norman Osborn-looking motherfucker attempting to acquire Wayne Enterprises in a hostile takeover, something that kids know everything about. (laughs) The information Lucius has will allow Daggett to do so, so he's relieved that Bruce is taking it off his hands, until Bruce tries to kill him with the help of some of his hired goons. Luckily, Batman arrives to retrieve the info, but then the imposter Bruce escapes. Next day, Daggett fumes to his slightly higher-level hired goons that the man they've hired to impersonate Wayne is starting to become a liability and should probably be taken care of, presumably with some kind of retirement plan. The man in question is Matt Hagen, a famous actor with a f- who fucked up his face in a car accident. And this ain't no Mark Hamill Owampa fucked me up scarring. These are facial scar- scars of truly Jonah Hexian stature. Hagen's been getting an experimental face cream from Daggett's company in exchange for freelance gooning, but now he's bungled his latest caper, so he's cut off, which means he can't keep acting like his us- in his usual Tom Cruise roles. So Hagen breaks into Daggett's company for more precious cream, but Daggett's goons find him and dump a bottle full of the gross shit on his face, because wasting company resources and not killing Hagen is exactly the same as just killing him. Meanwhile, Batman discovers that Lucius has accused Bruce of attacking him and has to go on the lam, capturing Daggett's number one goon, Bell, and torturing him by flying him around on the tip of the Batwing until he literally has a heart attack. Back at Matt Hagen's car, his friend Teddy arrives to discover that Hagen's face is now clay, and so is the rest of him, including his hideous giant yellow teeth. Really, that's what you fixate on with Clayface? His hideous giant yellow teeth. He is as God made him, Matt. (laughs) Actually, that's not true at all. He is his two goons and a Erlenmeyer flask full of goop made him. Oh, nice pull with the Erlenmeyer flask. Mm-hmm. I watched X-Files and Breaking Bad. I know my chemical jars. Ah, see, I remember that vaguely from chemistry that, that pinged a memory, but I would have not pulled mm. that on my own. Uh, this is a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, I am not clear why it's a two-parter. I In mean, fact, this is this is my bad thing. Yeah, let's get into this. I I enjoyed this one. Like, I didn't feel bored. I was I was engaged in the characters. I found even the side characters fairly interesting. It was all it was all very engaging. But, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to enjoy part two. But it felt very padded. Mm-hmm. Like that whole extended sequence of Batman torturing the goon took a really long time. Like that was most of the third act. Like, yeah. did this like- need to be two parts? Like for an episode that's supposed to be about Clayface, it's there's not a whole lot of Clayface in this. We spend a a lot of time with Daggett and friends. Yeah, and I I kind of get that. Mm-hmm. I get like this is you know this as well as I do. This 
is a standard part of the villain's origin is the sinister, even more evil than the villain guys who made him that way. Mm -hmm. And you want to spend a little time on them the first time you see the villain because you're probably never going to see them again. Yeah. But again, I just like it, it was it was just a it was a strange choice. Like Two Face, not only is it on brand because it's two episodes, mm -hmm. but, you know, they dealt with Harvey pretty much entirely in the first one. Yeah. And then Two Face in the second one. And that was a good choice. Yeah. This one's this one's a little more muddled. And I, it's again, I was never bored. Mm hmm. Like, that whole extended third act sequence was very engaging. Yeah. I said that word about 50 times, but you know what? It, it was it was entertaining. Like, yeah. I was I was very interested. It just, I it was a weird choice to make that such a good chunk, the, big chunk of the episode. The, it, it's a lot. There's a lot of Batman flying around with this dude wedged onto the Batwing just screaming. And there's no music. There's just the, the weird hover bike and sound of the Batman, or the Batwing flying around. And it's creepy as fuck. Like it's, mm -hmm. and actually, this kind of brings me to my kids love Batman. Well, first I was going to mention insider trading. Yes, but you you covered that. Mm -hmm. Kids love insider trading. They know exactly what it is. I barely know what that is. Mm -hmm. I can kind of piece together what it is from the words. Yes, and from knowing how business is supposed to work. But it is also trading that is exclusively done indoors. Yeah, nailed it. Mm -hmm. But I also know that people get away with that shit all the time and nobody mm -hmm. gets in trouble for it so <laughs> hooray but we covered that last episode yeah um fuck the rich really the real the real villains are uh are rich people yeah if, if we weren't clear about that we mm -hmm. hate astrology and also rich people we like batman though yeah we might as well be kids because we love batman we do love batman there was like standards and practices fucking slept on this one either oh, that man. either that or what they pitched was ten times worse. The, like the original draft for this was just a straight up horror movie, and they're like, "You can't with there's, this." There's at least three cornerstone sort of like cent central set piece things happening mm -hmm. in this. Not just moments that pass, but big parts of the episode that are like excellent. They're amazing, mm -hmm. but they're they would be very hard for a child to watch. The bit where the goons are torturing Hagen mm -hmm. is rough. The whole sequence where Batman's torturing the goon with the plane. Yeah. And at the beginning, uh, in the in the abandoned building, you had a dude with a sniper rifle. Yep. Which we've talked before about how they get away with using guns and how, like, a lot of shows would... Uh, okay, it's not bullets, it's lasers, whatever. Like, there's mm -hmm. a lot of workarounds. But this was straight up a sniper rifle, and there's only one purpose. Like, snipers ain't shooting to uh, uh, disable. <laughs> They want to make your head explode. No, like, it's a per it's a perfectly legitimate form of hunting, Al. I need this yeah, for and, deer. No, and I I mean, uh, rifles are used for hunting for real. Like that's I get that. But also, if you're a gun guy, don't write in and say, um, actually, snipers can can just take shoot you in the leg or whatever. Okay, that's fine. But in popular if, entertainment, yeah. snipers are for killing. If you're a gun guy, I literally do not want to hear anything you have to say. So, I if if you're a well educated and reasonable gun person, I don't mind. I'm just what I'm saying is. In movies, which Batman, like, is using the vocabulary of popular entertainment, mm -hmm. a sniper is for fucking shooting somebody in the head. They're not for, like, they're not for uh, uh, trying to shoot you in the leg. Like, yeah. they're for murdering. <laughs> Maybe in this real life they're not. But... This is one of those murder guns I've heard about. <laughs> I don't think but, I know, care there's... for these murder guns at all. There's there's ways around standards and practices to say like oh those guys are just like shooting to scare them but they're yeah. not actually trying to hit them or whatever but no this is a sniper come on mm -hmm. but but really the the two torture scenes yeah and then you would also mention the the uh, bit with Clayface oh there's a bit so there's the bit where uh, where his buddy finds him in the car and he's been uh, he's been Clayfaced it's like the end of the episode yeah he's just like a big brown lump of turds like piled into his car and mm -hmm. there's a shot of like his hand in his sleeve. And it drips off and splats on the concrete. And I'm pretty sure that gave my brother nightmares. It's, I would, how old would your brother have been at this point? Uh, probably like, like if five, you were like maybe 10, six. Then, okay, then yes, I could absolutely see a young child seeing mm -hmm. this and think, what? What yeah. is that? I remember, I rem if I'm remembering correctly, it was between this and the Man Bad episode that, re that yeah. really got the show banned in our house for a couple of years. I could see that. I could mm -hmm. see your mom watching over your shoulder and say, uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> this is not for young children.
Like, if you were 12 or something, that'd probably be okay. But And then we tried to show her an episode so that she wouldn't let us not watch it, and it was the one, only one I've ever seen where a dude flat out dies in the first five minutes. Oh, my God. Like, some guy drowns. Yeah. Well, <laughs> was it this one? <laughs> we're bad. Seriously, I think we're underselling this extended torture sequence. This yep. is like... Uh, and I'm a fan of this in, you know, in a story. I'm mm-hmm. a fan of Batman dangling the guy off the roof and oh, making yeah. him think he's going to drop him because that's a that's a Batman move. Like, I wouldn't want someone in real life doing it, but Batman does, you know, does things. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a story. This but, is Batman stuff. But this is like that times 100. It's really he, excessive. He's got a robot arm, a grabo arm, mm-hmm. on the, the Batplane that he grabs the guy's car with, takes him way, way up in the air, mm-hmm. and fucking uses a second grabo arm to pull him out of the car and drop the car into the harbor, and then threatens to drop this guy yep. just on the street mm-hmm. and if he doesn't tell him what he wants to know. And mm-hmm. it's it's brutal, man. Yeah. I imagine the cop like there's a part like final the cops show up in their in their cop helicopters and tell mm-hmm. him to pull over. Um, and he drops the guy 200 feet into a swimming pool. And I just imagine them pulling him out of there and he's just covered in piss, blood and shit. And just like, (laughs) I mean, he drops him from a considerable height. It's Mm -hmm. not like he drops right above the swimming pool and says, okay, here's a good spot. I'll drop him here. He's it's from like a hundred feet up. Oh yeah. Guy could have passed out in midair and then drowned. Mm -hmm. He could have broken his neck. Batman could have been six inches off in one direction and dropped him on the side of the pool. Like, there's so many things that could have gone wrong. Oh, yeah. And, okay, I will buy into the fact that Batman is perfect at everything because that's Batman. Mm-hmm. That's the deal. But, but this guy still, there's still many, un, like, factors that you can't plan for. Yeah. Just, oh. <laughs> and it was great. Again, I really enjoyed it. That's the thing, like, I was watching it, and I'm like, this is excessive. I should probably make this my bad thing. And then I was like, I'm I'm still really enjoying it, though. It's fun to watch. Get him, Batman. Not Fuck that guy up. Not great for kids. And again, I thought it was a weird choice to make it a good chunk of the episode, but Mm. I was was really into it. Yeah. And then, again, and this kind of leads into your bad thing, Mm. when they're torturing... Uh, Hagen, when they've got him on the ground pouring the chemicals in his like in his face, just like that was brutal, man. Oh yeah, I mean, like, he's just screaming too. Like it, yeah, and it's um, uh, we'll get to the voice guys in a minute, but it's Ron Perlman, and he's yeah. you know very good at screaming. Mm-hmm. And it it played like a prison movie where they're holding a guy down and beating him senseless or something, you know? Yeah, like just just brutal for for a children's show. Uh-huh. But this is your bad thing. Yeah. So um. I mentioned this a bit in my summary, but why exactly are uh, these two goons, like, just dumping a bunch of what I imagine to be extremely expensive face-changing chemicals onto Hagen and then just leaving him in his car when they're supposed to be killing him? Like, as far as they know, it'd just make his face really pliable, and then he'll leave. That's bad gooning. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the best goon. Like, it works but... in that it's, like, a supervillain origin, you know? But, like... No normal person is going to go, hey, I got a better idea. This is way better than just shooting him in the head and throwing him off the side of the pier. Let's dump this shit on him and then leave him in his car that he got here in. The thing is, I I agree with you. I think the logic of it does not hold up. But in in the moment, in the purely visceral, emotional moment, it's a boiling vat of something that this guy really wants. Mm. Oh, fuck you. You want this? Okay, here, we're going to make you eat it now. You know what I mean? Like that that (laughs) kind of thing. Have all of the face cream in the world. Yeah, exactly. And they call it cream, but it's already got the consistency of clay. It's already mm-hmm. very goopy and, you know, yeah. gross. And it's it's on a boiling, as you say, Erlenmeyer flask. Mm-hmm. I was going to call it a beaker like an idiot. Um, <laughs> hey, learn your and, jars. Um, <laughs> that should be a new segment on our show. Now it's time for learn your jars. <laughs> You'll just make the the wonderful Lars joke every time. Yes. Almost constantly. <laughs> yes, I know. Um, but it, it does, to me, play as a, <laughs> I want to be cruel, and this is the thing I can be cruel with that's, mm. that's easiest at hand. Like, I, I, I bought it for those reasons. But, again, it's like the plane thing. If you think about it too much, it's like, ooh, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Maybe he shouldn't do that. Yeah. Just shoot the... I just want to see it next week when, like, Clayface is trying to kill this guy for uh, for making him into a monster. He's like, I thought I told you to kill him. 
yeah, but we had this great idea where we were going to dump chemicals on his face. What, you dumped my chemicals on his face? I need that to, ru- to run my capers. My, my very expensive chemicals that I made very clear are very rare. <laughs> what are you doing? You know you how know much that's... bullets cost in Gotham? Nothing. They handed you know, them out. That's that's uh, that, that's Hagen's like that's his whole motivation is getting this stuff because it's impossible to get. Why would you give him all of it? <laughs> What's wrong with you? You guys oh. are both fired. Oh, jeez. Yep. And that's too bad because you really liked them. I liked them quite a bit. Um, uh-huh. Daggett's got some real quality goons. This is my good thing. We got uh, Bell, the guy who listens to the police radio all the time, which is honestly some good Dick Tracy villain shit right there. And Germs, who is afraid of germs. They're just, mm-hmm. like, there's no reason to use, like, such unique, like, one-off characters. And, like, I just really like them. It shows they put some thought into this one. No, and that's the sweet spot, because you don't want villains who are such well-rounded characters. You're like, well, why aren't we following them? Yeah. But you also want them to have something. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right. Each of them has a thing that very clearly distinguishes them from other characters. Also, they have very unique, good character models. Yeah. The, um, the, the guy who just listens to, like, police, the police band radio on, like, his headphones all the time, that's really cool. Yeah, and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're if you're a little paranoid, you think you're going to get caught, you want to know what, what the cops are up to. Yeah. That, that tracks. Well, then Batman uses it to, like, scare him so he can <laughs> chase him in the Batwing. But Batman has a voice changer that makes him sound like I, I, a woman, like mm-hmm. a middle-aged uh, police uh, dispatcher. Mm-hmm. And... I just, I like, my first thought is, like, when is that ever going to come in? Oh, never mind. He's using it right now, obviously. <laughs> but I imagine Alfred despair. Oh, here's your voice changer, sir. And and not not a range of voices. It just Justice. sounds just sounds like a 40-year-old police dispatcher. Invested $3 million into research on this one, did we? Very good, sir. <laughs> Shut up, it Alfred. Take, it takes up half the bat wings, sir. <laughs> That thing could fly so much faster if you didn't put this in there. Shut up and uh, blow into this comb with a piece of paper over it. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, you could just as easily put a handkerchief over the phone receiver and sound like someone else. Uh, This isn't Batman. Oh, no. (laughs) Yes. No. No. (laughs) Not you. It's not time yet. (laughs) No, you're right. These are are some good goons. Mm -hmm. And, um... Uh, germs, uh, his his model looks very much to me like William Powell, the guy, the lead in the Thin Man movies. Yeah. Uh, he's got that sort of like dapper look with the pencil thin mustache mm-hmm. and uh, really contributes to the how a go is this mm-hmm. of the show. Yes. Um, he is voiced by uh, uh, seasoned all-star character actor Ed Bagley Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, this takes me to my, hey, it's that guy. There's a there's a lot of good people in this. Oh, yeah. Um, Daggett. Also, Roland Daggett. I don't know if he's from the comics, but that is a that is a A-plus uh, uh, evil industrialist name. Oh, yeah. Like, you hear that guy's name, you don't know who he is yet. You know, oh, he's probably an evil businessman, mm-hmm. right? Roland Daggett. That just sounds like, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, and again, the first time I saw him, I'm like, well, that guy looks like Norman Osborn. Well, we will see f- very much in Batman Beyond, I think. A little before that from time to time. Mm. Uh, these guys are not afraid to draw from uh, not only their own comics for inspiration. <laughs> there is a considerable amount of Marvel influence on Batman Beyond. Half of his villains are uh, are basically Marvel guys. Well, I mean, that makes sense since he's basically Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they have the Fantastic Four. They have, they have a bunch of this. Really? Oh, yeah. They straight up have, I think they're three guys, mm-hmm. but one of them is a big rock guy. One of them can stretch. Like, uh-huh. it's it's so obvious. Yeah, that's the Fantastic Four. Good work, guys. Yeah. Uh, but there are three, so it's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, so my good thing actually is is sort of the, uh, the, the flip side of my bad thing. Like, in a way, I do like the way this is paced. There's, there's, it's complicated. Mm-hmm. I assumed we'd be doing the standard, the very standard, already at this point, almost cliched. Meet this sad sack who then has a supervillain or, super origin story mm-hmm. episode. You know what I mean. Like, oh, yeah. Here's Matt Hagen. He's a failing actor now. He can't keep himself pretty because he's getting old. And then this accident happens so he can act. But also, you know, but mm. 
they didn't do that. Instead, we jumped right in with him being Clay Face. Yeah. I mean, next episode, we're obviously escalating to Clay entire body. But <laughs> for now, he's he is Clay Face and has been for a bit. And I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that it's not always guy who works for Wayne Tech, his uh, research is ignored, mm-hmm. and then he stays after hours and turns the machine up to 11 and, and turns himself into a villain or what, yep. you know, like... There's like three stories, and that's one of them. Well, and like the actual Clayface origin kind of sucks. So. Oh, does it? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, what What is it? Uh, he was a guy who found a pond where if you get into it, you turn into Clayface. Oh, of course. Yeah. Is that why there are so many Clay's face in oh, the- Oh, my God. The, I looked this up yesterday. There are, in total, eight guys named Clayface. That is, ignoring other Clay-based characters, like the female Clayface, Lady Clayface. And I've recently been rewatching uh, Doom Patrol, which I love, mm-hmm. like best superhero show in years, I think. Everything else um, is trash. Everything else is trash, as Amanda says. <laughs> um, and they play uh, Rita basically as a clay face. Yeah. Because she falls in some goop and then can't hold her shape anymore. Yep. Um, but it's it's a little different. That was just their take on a, like, it was Elastigirl, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she basically had stretchy powers yeah. and they wanted to make it something a little different. But, but yeah, there's... When I was a kid, a friend loaned me his uh, Who's Who uh, comics, mm-hmm. and uh, I noticed, I think at that point, when they did that just before Crisis, there were like four clay faces. Yep. And like, as a kid, I was like, is this idea that interesting? I, <laughs> that they it, had to make this again and again? It feels less like it's an interesting idea and more like, well, this time I'll get it right. Okay, but just come back to the character. Nobody, like, in the 60s and 70s, nobody cared that much. Yeah. Ugh. It's like I'm all for a shapeshifter guy who's kind of also a monster. Mm. That's that's a good idea for a villain, but uh, yeah. Well, and the thing is, you get one good Clayface story, and then he's pretty much relegated to being eighth goon in any of those Batman stories where all of the Batman villains get together. Mm. Yeah, I was gonna. I I'm always fascinated, and I I always defer to your superior knowledge of the comics in this. He's obviously not a first-tier villain. Would you not even say he's a second-tier villain? No, he's Clayface is definitely a third-tier villain. I can really? usually I can usually name at least a couple of decent stories for each uh for each Batman villain. The only good Clayface one I've ever read is uh the recent James Tiny in the th- the fourth run where he's actually a good guy. Huh. And it it's the best Clayface has ever been written, basically. Feels like he should be higher than that just because he has interesting powers and not a bad backstory. You would think, but no one ever uses him as, like, he's always just a backup goon. Like, he doesn't do anything. He's just, like... But that's what Killer Croc is for. This is more interesting than that. Well, he's used more as, like, like he can... They use the him turning into stuff. Yeah. uh, And then, and like, him being, like, a big guy who smashes stuff, basically. But... But there's the actor thing. I mean, that's what they've really embraced in Harley Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> they have. A, a big ham, and I love that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. Like, he's a shapeshifter who can turn into more than a mouse in a cup. And yeah. Odo was it, great. Just, most of the time, he's just like, I'll smash you, Batman. Oh, yeah. no, Clay. <laughs> but also, I've seen some interesting fight sequences where Batman is, like, sort of engulfed in this mass of mm-hmm. clay that is the guy. Yep. And is brutal. And like that's great he's for fight- choking on the guy. Yeah, no, it's great for like fights. Like he's he's a great visual character for fight scenes. But like, there's not a whole lot beyond that. Huh. He was the guy they used him in Hush to uh-huh. bring back. Uh, like that was the first time they were going to bring Jason Todd back, and then it turned out that he was uh, Clayface. Uh, he was Clayface in disguise, and then DC were like, "Well, people really like Jason Todd coming back. Let's just do that." Ugh. <laughs> and then Superboy punched through time. Uh-huh. And it disappeared in the crowd. <laughs> I mean, that's basically it. Was... it. Oh, God, that was so dumb. Listen, Jason Todd has a small, large jungle cat. <laughs> Jason Todd has a small following that somehow inexplicably is still exists. Here's the thing. At the time, I thought bringing Jason Todd back as a villain was a great fucking idea. Meh. Um Instead, they brought him back as a good guy who shoots people, Batman's favorite thing. See, what I thought at the time, and still do, is, oh, 
over at Marvel, Brubaker found an amazing way to bring back Bucky, which no one ever even mm-hmm. imagined they could do. He was off limits. Him and, Gre- and Gwen Stacy and, and Uncle Ben, you can never bring them back. Yep. But he did it, and he made it a really interesting story, and he turned him into a bad guy, and that was super cool. And DC's like, oh, yeah, okay, we could bring back an old sidekick as a bad guy. Like, uh, okay, but Jason Todd's no Bucky, and also, this is terrible. <laughs> Like, I don't know. Also, I'm speaking as someone who spent 50 valuable cents uh, uh, to vote to kill him. (laughs) I did. I did vote in that poll. And I wasn't even reading Batman at the time. I just, like, I was, like, 13. I was like, yeah, fuck Robin. It'd be really funny if they killed Robin. Yeah, like, I wasn't aware that he was, like, the third Robin or Mm -hmm. whatever. I just, like, oh, fuck Robin. (laughs) And then I get yelled at for calling 900 numbers, but... (laughs) But mom, I want, I wanted uh, Robin to get hit with a crowbar. <laughs> I didn't know that's how and it was going to happen. Set on fire. That was just a delightful bonus. <laughs> uh, so, good things, bad things. We talked about. Oh, I, I was I was talking about the voice stuff. Did I talk about everybody else? I uh, no, so. I didn't. Because Ed Begley Jr. was germs. Um, oh right. Daggett was Ed Asner, mm-hmm. which is very cool, and he will show up again later as uh, <laughs> for any goodness. He sure will. Uh, Ron Perlman, we talked about as being Clayface. Yep. And this is some, something that'll mean something to about five people. But uh, Dick Gautier, mm-hmm. who I I knew him as, um, uh, Matt, you will know him from G.I. Joe as the voice of Serpentor. Oh, sure. The, one of the three characters I actually do know from G.I. Joe. Yes. His, and his great catchphrase, this I command. <laughs> Screamed at the top of your lungs. <laughs> Cobra la, 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 la. <laughs> He was also uh, Rodimus Prime, who uh, uh, most of Transformers fandom incorrectly hates. Um, and he was a panelist on Match Game a lot. I'm sure he oh. did many other things. But he's he's one of those guys who, you know, again, in, in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, it was he was in an assortment of thankless roles in this because they had fucking Ed Asner and Ed Begley Jr. and Ron Perlman. So why would we use Rodimus Prime here when we have these guys? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. But it was, it's just another one of those, like I pointed out last week, like, it's not just one person we recognize, but a lot of them. Mm. And again, I love that. I love how many, how many episodes aren't just, here's all the guys you already know, but yeah. like, here's some interesting voices. Look, I'm, I'm always, ha- I'm always happy for Ron Perlman to get work. Also that. Mm. And at this point, what was he best known for? Probably Beauty the Beauty and the, and the Beast show. Yeah. yeah. Which probably was running at this point. I think so. 92. That sounds about right. Yep. I never saw a single moment of that show. I just always read about it in the sci-fi magazines that I was reading about things I cared about in. Mm-hmm. It might have been good. I have no idea. Yeah. I just, I just would flip past it to get to the story about Star Trek or whatever. Yeah. You know, in Starlog magazine or... There must uh, have been others. Fangoria. No, I didn't read Fangoria. There was more horror stuff. Mm. I'm trying to think. Nah, it doesn't matter. No one needs to sit here and listen to me remember magazines. <laughs> it's just bugging me. That's what we're all uh, here to here to listen to, Al. Old man remembers magazines. <laughs> Why don't you tell us what your quote is, Matt? Why don't you tell us what magazines you like, Matt? Uh-huh. I know I know yours. Toy Fair, Wizard. Nintendo Power. Nintendo Power. That was the three. Uh-huh. Uh, what was your quote? Uh, it's this. I know my fist has landed on that jaw once before. Yeah, that was good. That was a, you know, he's still doing the quips, but yeah, that was pretty good. I was, I, I'm pretty okay with this quip, though. Yeah. There's also, I forgot to, I forgot to mention this in the last episode. Alfred's like, so what, so what did Nostromos have to say? And Batman goes, psychic readings. Uh-huh. There were some good reaction shots from Bruce in that last one, I yeah. would say. You pointed out where he's got like a straight up look at the camera like Jim from The Office moment. Yeah, yeah. Can you believe this shit? Yeah. This guy will believe anything. But speaking of the quips, there was uh, a moment in this episode that maybe wasn't so great where, I mean, I get during the, the uh, we've talked about this at length, the the, the plane torture scene. Uh-huh. Uh, he calls the guy scumwad. Yep. And it's like, that's, that's some Frank Drebin shit there, man. That's that's not very good. Shut up, scumwad. Let's like, see, I already used dirt bag. Mm, I could start combining them creatively. Dirt wad? <laughs> no. 
You're Batman. You can just say scum, you know? Like You could just say nothing. Just that too. silently glower at them. Mm. Yeah. I don't exactly. care for crime. <laughs> I don't approve of this. <laughs> Batman's new catchphrase. Naughty, naughty. <laughs> oh, I don't care for that either. Oh. Nope. I just Papa creeped myself spank. out a little bit. There is that out-of-context uh, uh, panel that people post, Papa Spank. Uh-huh. Next, we'll have uh, the Joker talking about his boner. Man, they need to do... that. That is, like, tailor-made for a Harley Quinn episode, the Joker's boners. Oh, yeah. They could definitely have it both ways and, like... No, I meant it in the sense of, well, you know what? I've got I'm to... talking about my erection. Fine. I've got to pull some more boners, Harley. Yeah, you mentioned... I need more dicks for my dick ship. <laughs> Great, Mr. Wong Joker. <laughs> All right. Anything else? I think that's everything. Very well. Um, well, next week, uh, I have no idea. Well, we have two, part two to this, obviously. Uh, yeah, we got Clayface part two. and Oh, we got Joker's favor. Ah, is that the first appearance of Harley? That's the first appearance of Harley. It's one of my favorite Joker episodes. Ah, excellent. Oh, wait, I do remember that yeah. one. Yeah, it is It is a very good one. And we will be joined by our friend Flonk. Oh, that's fun. So that's exciting. Mm. Uh, however, if he even mentions the baby from the show Dinosaurs, I'm hanging up on him, and we will do the show <laughs> together, but without him. <laughs> so, Flonk, if you're hearing this, we are not the mama. <laughs> So next week's that's... gonna be shockingly short episode. Oh no! We'll I'll just I'll just have to have like a a, a backup summary prepared in case we have <laughs> to hit the flunk eject button. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, as ever, uh, if you want to visit our website, it is kidslovebatman.com. dot com. If you mm-hmm. want to write to us, it is kidslovebatmanpodcast at gmail. Uh, we are on Twitter at Algar at Robot Matt, and uh, that's all for this time. Yeah. See you, folks. For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Copyright 2020, Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.